What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Channel. This is episode 56 of the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Oh, I just love saying that slowly. For some reason, it just fucking tickles me. Anyways, dropping the F-bombs right out the gate today. Sorry about that. Anyways, hey, this show here is sponsored by Patreon. I want to thank all you guys out there on my Patreon. Those of you guys that have signed up recently, that's awesome. Even if it's a buck a month, it makes a difference because that beer is not free. All those bottles back there, you guys bought these. So you guys helped build this set. If it wasn't for you guys on Patreon, I wouldn't have this awesome background behind me. Um, outside of that, I wanted to mention to you guys that my Instagram is like almost at 3000 and I just want to see it at 3000. So if you guys aren't following my Instagram, can you do that in the show more? There's a link down there. It's at biker B one. So B one K E R B one. That's the, that's the, the Instagram channel. It's pretty easy. You just go over there. You'll hit the little button. And next thing you know, you're in. And then you get all the pictures and you know all the backstory on the and there's like there's like secret information over there you're not even going to know until you're there um <laughs> if you like the biker bar channel and you like the podcast and you want to see them keep happening hit the subscribe button seriously i have a goal that i really want to see this channel like close to ten thousand at the end of the year and that's where i'll make up my mind if i'm going to keep doing it or not and i was looking at social blade today and it says i'm only gonna be at like six thousand so I want you guys to prove Social Blade's an analytical machine over there wrong by hitting the subscribe button. If you like what you're what you're seeing or what you're hearing, hit the thumbs up. If you guys are on the podcast, thanks a lot, man. Leave me a review. I like it every time I go over there and read the new ones. It, it makes me makes me feel good. The last thing that I want to say is, yes, I said this show is sponsored by by uh, Patreon, but I figured. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to another company just real quick. This hat that I'm wearing right here is called Original Free Range. If you guys watch my last chameleon video, they make this strap that will put a bottle on the underside of your, like, basically you put a bottle on your frame anywhere. It's just like the strap that people use for their tubes, except for it's, it's a lot wider. And what it's made for generally is a bike like my Bronson, where it only has one water bottle cage. And... I just, I've been really enjoying not riding with a pack at all. So an extra water bottle is a big deal. And I found this strap and you just put it on the bottom of your, your bike and you can strap an extra water bottle on. And then they, they also make this little neoprene like bottle condom that you can slide on the top. And that thing is awesome. It keeps the dirt out. And um, because of that, I'm like middle of the summer still doing like, I'm not doing, you know, the big rides without a backpack, but I'm doing some pretty decent rides with just two water bottles and I'm stoked about that. It's better than carrying a, a bag and it's better than carrying a hip pack. And uh, with all that being said, let's move on. Today we got Nick from Van Can. I'm assuming that means Vancouver, Canada. Am I correct? That's right. Yeah. Right on, man. <laughs> Not nearly as, uh, you know, fun and original as you might think. No, I honestly, <laughs> I think I asked you that like maybe a year or two ago on Slack or something like that. Because I remember being like, what's that mean? Like completely clueless. And then you were like, you told me and I was like, wow, that's, that's, I should have figured that out. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's too obvious. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, it reminds me, I don't remember what movie that was. Look at the brains on Bob. You know, you know what movie that was? What is that? Uh, I think it's like uh there might be Pulp Fiction. Here we got to switch over the mm. comments. Bet you somebody's saying it right now. <laughs> um, or no, it's check out the brains on Brad. That's what it is. Mm. Something like that. Anyways, moving on. Dude, have you seen any um, 
any good memes lately. Oh, <laughs> I saw one the other day and it said, you know, you've grown up when you don't kick the ice under the refrigerator. And I like right before I came out here, I was like putting ice in my cup and I like fell on the floor and I looked at it and I was like, pick it up. <laughs> no, I would definitely still just, get just kick ice. it under there. Yeah. As if, water. If there's small enough pieces. I just walk away. I'm like, the yeah. dog will get it. Maybe. Yeah. My dog <laughs> loves ice. He just goes nuts for ice cubes. Oh, uh, right on my, my, yeah. one of my friends in high school, his dog was like that. Like he could throw it on the hardwood floor and the dog would just be like <laughs> all over the place, chasing yeah. it around. Yeah. It's a good way to entertain him. He, what, he just, uh, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, we have a corgi. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. I've seen him on your on your Instagram and stuff lately. That's yeah, a puppy. yeah. He's is he six, seven, seven months old now. Yeah, yeah. He's a cardigan he's, corgi. Hmm. He's like Instagram gold, man. I remember when he first started <laughs> punching the the pictures up there or posting the pictures up there on Instagram. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone really likes him. He's got a funny personality too. He's really sassy. So he's yeah, yeah. Does he does he go out on the trail with you? Uh, not yet. You're not supposed to run them too much until they're about a year old. So uh-huh. try not to keep them, you know, running. I just didn't know what they're like little short little legs. Are they like, can they be trail dogs? I don't even know. Uh, well, he's a sprinter. Like I guess yeah. corgis. So they were bred to, uh, to herd uh-huh. they're like herding dogs. So they're good sprinters. They're really fast in short distances. Oh, there you go. That's but they, like uh, that. yeah, he overheats <laughs> Like yeah, just good. like me, totally like me. <laughs> yeah, you get him out in the sun, and he's he's he'll just like go home. He'll just be like, nah, like, <laughs> forget it. Yeah, it's too hot. Over uh, it. Yeah, so, in the winter though. It's good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how long have you been doing your channel, man? Mm, two and a half years. So it was February 2018 when I started. Man, you're doing a lot better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you got like 50k already, right? Yeah, just hit it uh, this week. Yeah, this last week. Yeah, that's pretty... super exciting, man. Yeah, super kind of weird. Just kind of like it. If you had told me two years ago, like probably wouldn't have believed you. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Like when I started the channel, I was kind of like, oh, I remember I was like, oh, maybe I'll hit a thousand subscribers like within the year uh, when it first started. It was, uh-huh. And I think I hit it before summer and uh-huh. then did you start in like january or something like that yeah so i started in, like i i think i made the channel like in january upload my first video february and then it really so i think yeah when the bike park opened i put up a video of fade to black and that one kind of did pretty well uh-huh. and and then that's how like i got bumped up and kind of the, the whistler bike park videos yeah, the luck the YouTube algorithm shined yeah. upon me. And... You're you're in the right area for the algorithm. Yeah, that's just... for sure. <laughs> yeah, just right right place and then right time too. And yeah, what so made you want to do it? Well, I've always made videos. So I started riding when I was 13. Uh, so I mountain biked. Well, kind of like I bought a mountain bike, but we just rode on the street and like hit yeah. and stuff. And then I just converted my mountain bike to this like. So I had a specialized rock hopper. And mm-hmm. I just had like made it super street. It was even mm-hmm. a mullet. It was 24 inch in the back <laughs> and 26 inch in the front. Oh, right just a rear brake. And then eventually, you know, I was just riding the skate park and stuff. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to buy a BMX. Uh-huh. And then from, you know, 15 until three years ago, I just BMXed. And, uh, and yeah. really, yeah. 
Yeah, I've seen you doing some BMX stuff on your channel, like, mm -hmm. on your, but I, 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 I didn't know that that was like really like what most of your background was. Yeah, and so we filmed, uh, like, I guess like more edits, like especially in BMX, you kind of would just film maybe all summer for just mm -hmm. a video part. Um, other people, a lot of my friends were a lot better at it than me, and yeah, actually put out like pretty legit parts and wrote for brands and stuff. Oh, right on. Uh, so yeah, I've always done that. Uh, I've had, I think, I can't remember if I posted it to my channel. I posted all of it to Instagram, like mm -hmm. just like some really old videos. Um, but yeah, I've always made them. And then I can't remember whose video I saw first. I think it was probably Eric, like BZPOV's video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that just looks really cool because Eric was putting out like just such cool looking GoPro footage. Right. And I had tried it. So right when I started riding, my friends took me to Whistler. I borrowed a mountain bike and I tried to GoPro some stuff. And I was like, oh, it looks, I thought it looked really cool. Uh -huh. I was like, whoa, cool. Like you're on a trail. And then I saw Eric's video where it was like stabilized and you uh -huh. could actually like see things and it sounded really good. And I was right. like, oh, that's cool. Right. And then, and then I just went down the rabbit hole of like, <laughs> right down the rabbit hole. Yeah. I just got really into it. Yeah. That's cool, man. When I, I, I used to BMX when I was a kid and stuff like that. I got into mountain biking pretty young and I, the sport itself was pretty young too at the time. But like the BMX we did was just like ride around town and like <laughs> jump downstairs and, you know, knock mm -hmm. everybody's trash can down and funny hop over the, you know, just like we were like hoodlums basically, you know, <laughs> hoodlums, but like, at least we were doing something like beneficial for a while. So like, mm -hmm. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think that that's probably, I think that plays well into being a mountain biker later. Do you, I mean, I would assume that you agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think like from what I can tell a lot of people, like maybe a problem among maybe people who started a little later, like average riders right now um, who are looking to get to the next level kind of might've skipped over the fundamentals part. Yeah. That a lot of people did when they were kids, like just jumping and bunny hops and stuff. It's kind of like yeah. something about being a kid and being on a bike just like draws you to jumps and bunny hops. Right. Yeah. You, and, yeah. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Then, <laughs> so you get like these basic, you know, you're doing wheelies and stuff. Yeah. And I think those bike skills uh, help a lot. I think and, there's some other parts yeah. of it too. I mean, like I didn't realize this until it was a conversation I was having with somebody on, on this recently. It might've been, Jeff Kendall Wee last week, but we were talking about, you know, you start out, you're on a hardtail, mm. you know, and that teaches you a lot. And I think the mm -hmm. other thing is like, you're also on a single speed. Mm -hmm. So like that, like feeling that you get when you've pedaled up that one hill by your house for the first time, mm -hmm. like that plays into mountain bike biking later where you're like, no, I, I'm just going to keep trying until I mm. get this. You, you know what I mean? And like, you yeah. know, that satisfaction as well. So it's not only like that, like, you know, what you were talking about, the the bunny hops and stuff, because I totally agree with you. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like it's like a it's it's even bigger than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point about the bike itself. Uh, I was actually just thinking that, too, in I was listening to someone talk about training in some other sport. Um, and they were talking about doing like the motion uh, slow and like correctly and uh you know getting used to it before just trying oh it was um 
what was it? It was like jujitsu or something. They're like, yeah, uh-huh. do this kick, like do it slow, you know, do it smooth, and then and then just go for it after, like once you get the motion down. Mm-hmm. I think a BMX because it's so small, it's so light, you can, you know, a bunny hop and getting up to manual. It's all it's a little easier. Yeah, like teaching someone to manual on a downhill bike would just be so much more work. <laughs> Whereas I could probably teach someone to manual on a BMX quite a bit faster, and then and then once they can do it on the little bike, then moving over to uh, a mountain bike is even easier. And then I think I see the same thing with scooter kids because scooter kids seem to be able to do like some really crazy tricks really fast on bikes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like that whole thing again. Like they're on an even smaller like little thing. They're getting all the motions down because they're yeah, still like, yeah. cars. They're you know they're doing backflips and stuff, and it's not nearly as scary. And then they go on a bike, and they they kind of have the you know the fundamentals, right, and, right. So it's like another step down. We should start. Everyone should start on scooters. We'll move to right. I remember. I remember when the scooters came out. Like when I was a kid, they had these like ones with like like four inch wheels and and like rubber tubes on them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And those things were like really fun because it was like you didn't have to have like any kind of like bike skills to learn how to like bunny hop on a scooter. You just hop. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And like when those things came out, you know, they had like they had like rails on the bottom, like skateboards and stuff like that. Like you like go ride up and just slide, you know, do like a, a rail slide down the curb or something. Mm-hmm. It was like it didn't take much to like get you Mm-hmm. To like feel like you were doing something, like accomplishing some kind of like tricks and stuff like that. So, I, I think what you're saying though, like all the like little motor skills and stuff like that that you're building, it, it's key. I think another thing too, while you were talking about that, I was thinking about is also like bike maintenance. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was a kid, like we didn't have any. Well, my family didn't have any money to go like get a bike fix. So mm-hmm. anything like broke or needed to be adjusted it was like you, you went over your buddy's house and you got you just messed with it until you figured it out mm-hmm. i mean i know how we used to true bmx tires we just stand on them you know what i mean just kind of like jump up and down on it okay it looks like straight enough now you know mm-hmm. like that, that was it you know <laughs> yeah yeah no I've, I've definitely been there we're just you're stomping on the wheel and you're yeah. hoping it gets pretty straight yeah <laughs> And I've, I remember, I still remember sitting on my deck and I had like this old CCM and trying to get the gears to work, like just playing with the derailleur being like, I have no idea what's going <laughs> yeah. on. Like, and that, now it seems so obvious, but I remember just having no clue. But I just, I mean, I just played with it and you, well, you knew if it wasn't working. Right. <laughs> yeah. You definitely knew if it wasn't working. You're yeah. Like, that thing is annoying as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was another thing I, I did a lot as a kid, like, you know, 10, 12 years ago now, just like yeah. bike maintenance stuff. And, You're just tinkering yeah. with stuff, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know, like, it's funny, I just never, you know, sometimes it takes a conversation to, like, actually make some of that stuff click, and you're like, man, I never really thought about that before, you know, mm-hmm. so... So earlier you were saying you could uh, you could teach somebody how to manual, or you were talking about teaching somebody how to manual, and I was, like, perusing through your channel before we got on here. And I saw that you built a computer to mm. like teach people how to manual. You got to tell me about this thing. Yeah. I've been trying to think of ways like that you could, yeah, teach people or teach yourself to manual. I know the manual machine was pretty popular, but I don't think I've actually seen anyone like use it successfully. It's like people who know how to manual <laughs> build them and then like 
Well, oh, yeah. And, I should try it. I should try to build one because yeah. I have no clue how to manual. And I was never a guy that was like in the wheelies. Mm. Like I had my friends that like, I, I think it was all my one buddy's fault because he could like wheelie for like three miles. So it was like nobody else wanted wheelie because like he'll just show you how like, oh, I'm a wheelie down the street for the next <laughs> mile. And I'm a wheelie right up the railing of the, of the bridge and across the bridge and back down the other side. And you're like, get out of here, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to do something else then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. I, yeah, I just learned to wheelie really not that long ago. Uh, you know, like two years ago, I kind of just got, you know, went into a parking lot and yeah, just started doing wheelies. Cause I could manual, but I never, and BMX, you don't really sit down and pedal. So it's right. a weird feeling. Right. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, the one thing I do want to build that just would take a lot of time is I want to build uh, like a, they have them for motorbikes. It's like a, what would you call it? They're on wheelchairs too, to stop you from going all the way back. Like kind of. Uh -huh. you know, oh, yeah. Wheels. Yeah. So you, so you could just go all out, pull up the front wheel. And then when you go too far back, you know, something would catch you. Like right. two wheels or something. Because uh, a lot of people that I've seen practicing, um, like that's the big scary part. Right. It's just like committing to it. And I have the pro I have that problem now with nose manuals. Like I'm, I'm really scared to get up into it, uh -huh. and uh, and yeah. So I thought, uh, you know, what if you had a, like basically a coach, in in my case, just a beeping machine that basically yeah. just yells. Well, let's at explain it so people that didn't see the video. So, oh, yeah. so you built this little computer mm -hmm. that basically has a beep, and when you pull up to do the manual, it beeps when you get closer like beeps faster as you get closer to the manual spot and then it stops when you're yeah. in the right spot yeah so i have it being like a, as annoying as possible until you're doing your manual yeah you basically it beeps really slow on the flat and then you just choose whatever angle you want you think you're should be going to and then as it approaches it it beeps faster and faster until you get into sort of i put this a few angles where it was okay right and like then the once you start to go, and then I had it once you start to go like a little too far back, uh, it would just turn fully on. And then, yeah, like the flat line sound, like, Beep. yeah, <laughs> grab the brake as hard as you can right there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like I'd be curious to see if it would help anyone. It was just a fun little project. I think I thought, like, when I saw it, I was like, this is such a cool idea. Like, <laughs> I bet you it was a lot of fun just to build in general as well. Yeah. Yeah. What part of it was, I just, uh, I kind of gotten out of that kind of, you know, stuff. And I was like, ah, I should probably build something just so I don't forget. Yeah. And I was like, ah, well, you know, make a video about it and <laughs> kill as many you use, birds. You use like a little, uh, like raspberry pie or something like that. Yeah. So I use an Arduino and uh -huh. yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, it ended up just being, uh, I bought an Arduino Uno and then I just popped the, the chip off of it. Um, the lat melt chip. And then I put it in a breadboard. And so it ended up just being that, um, a battery and the buzzer, I think. And because uh, the luckily, even the Atmel chip has a lot of little stuff inside it to, you know, that's super cool stuff out for you. And I, and uh, yeah. I always wanted to do a project with a Raspberry Pi. And I was like, man, I'm a, I need to come up with something. And finally, like, I was like, you know, they got all these emulators. You can play like mm -hmm. little Nintendo games and mm -hmm. PS4 and like Atari and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna build a little emulator. And 
So I build this little Raspberry Pi and I'm like, oh, I got to get a cool case for it, you know? And then I'm like, oh, well, I need the original Atari controllers, the original Nintendo controllers, the original um, Super Nintendo controllers. So that way, whatever game I'm playing, I'm playing with the right controller. Because, you know, mm-hmm. playing Super Mario Brothers with like an Xbox controller, it's not, it just doesn't feel right, <laughs> yes, right? right. You, yeah. you have to have the right controller. So then I go buy all these controllers and then, and this is just how my life is. <laughs> Everything snowballs, right? Yeah. So then I buy, buy all these controllers and I was like, I need something to carry all these controllers in because I need to have all this stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it would be cool if I bought like a little old suitcase, like a little suitcase oh. box, and I'd stick all that stuff in there, and then I could carry it around. I want to go to my friend's house. Hey, man, we're going to play some Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I put the shit in the box, I'm like, man, that would be really neat if this box had a screen in it. So <laughs> essentially, I end up building a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out really cool like it like looks like this little little box that's like it looks like a suitcase you know like a little tiny like 10 by 12 suitcase you open it up got a screen in it you can plug it into your tv Mm -hmm. or you can just like let it sit in your garage and collect dust because that's what you did for a year (laughs) (laughs) yeah though i yeah those projects are really good gives you an idea of just how like how things work and there's so much more documentation now and like libraries and yeah you know instructables that guide you through the whole thing that uh yeah it's it's a good time for all that kind of stuff like so i I do it i mean most people watch my channel probably know that if they don't hey they do now um (laughs) what what is it that what's your background that gives you the uh the ability to be talking about uh, a circuit board as a breadboard and like just throw (laughs) it out there you're like hey man i'm like one of those dudes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I did my undergrad in electrical engineering, focused in physics, and now I go to Simon Fraser University in Vancouver here. I'm a graduate student, and I guess, yeah, I yeah, it's biomedical engineering. Technically, that's what it'll say on my parchment, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, so my lab is the, yeah, let's see, there's like a, a whole hierarchy here. Uh, we'll just skip down one. So my advisor is head of MEG at Surrey Memorial Hospital. And mm-hmm. MEG stands for magnetoencephalography. And that's a type of functional brain imaging. Uh-huh. Uh, just like E, it's like EEG. So the E and the EEG stands for electro. That's the like electrical signals that make it, it's, it's way to the top of your head. Uh-huh. Whereas an MEG, it stands for magneto. And it's the magnetic signals that are in your head. And uh, this machine, it kind of looks like, it, it's like a, it looks, looks like a big helmet. It's all uh-huh. just a big one unit. And it's, I'm pretty sure I saw a movie with this guy in it before. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does look like, it almost looks like, like a massive version of Magneto's helmet. Yeah, I, it, I think we're on to something here. I know where like, these guys come up with these names. <laughs> lowers down onto your head like a scene from Star Wars, like Dark <laughs> Right or yeah. like baseballs more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that, but just here. and uh, so you're going to engineering, learning how to engineer this machine, basically. Uh, well, the machine's pretty complicated. They are made here in Vancouver. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so my advisor is head of that at the hospital, um, and I'm working on. Uh, so right now, the machine, the way it picks up the magnetic fields, is like these little loops of wire, like an antenna. You, you, you know that. Maybe you'd use it in radio, except mm-hmm. for they don't use them in radio, but it's an antenna and we super cool them so that they're really sensitive. Uh, and that whole process is really expensive. You got to keep helium on hand and keep it in liquid. You got to pour it and it leaks out and it's this whole ordeal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so another way that they're trying to do it, uh, another way that you can measure these really small magnetic fields, like the one in your head, is uh, through a thing called an optically pumped magnetometer, uh, which is just a yeah fancy bunch of words. Uh, basically, yeah, it's <laughs> crazy, man. I would have never expected that we had a rocket scientist over here running yeah. the Bandcan channel. <laughs> yeah, and it. Uh, yeah, and then so so basically, um, I take some metal and I heat it up until it's a vapor, and then I shine some light at, at it. And basically, the metal uh, likes a certain type of light. You know, it it absorbs a certain type of light, and it's uh-huh. a function of magnetic field. So I, it changes uh, based on how much magnetic field it is there there is there, and you that's can. Uh, so that's that what you want to do, like for the like that's like your your career goals, or uh, I'm not sure. Like we'll yeah. see. You know, I people always ask, you know, like, well, you know, what are you going to do in five years? Like, what's your you know, 50 years? Where are you going to be exactly? I got, I got to put this comment up. This guy says, all of a sudden, I feel really dumb. <laughs> you know, it's all, it's all smoke, and weird, smoke and mirrors and fancy words. Yeah. It's all, yeah. yeah. It's, if you were, yeah. Well, if you were there, you, you wouldn't be so impressed. But right, right. You know, I use my uh, big thesaurus to scare people off. You know, I'm one of those people that always like, like downplays everything. So, like, I think that from for the most part, like what you were just saying a minute ago, like like even though things sound very difficult, they're typically not like really difficult. Yeah. It's the experience that gets you there and stuff like that. I mean, like and sometimes I'll be in these meetings and there's like IT people really like to like pup, blow smoke up their own. Mm-hmm. Their own. <laughs> and like like I'll be like, dude, this is not rocket science. This is like we're like it's this simple. Like we could go out and hire a monkey to do this, you, you know, and <laughs> And like people just look at me and they just get so upset. It's like you got to be kidding me, man! Get off your higher horse, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to add on to that and say uh, I th- I felt the same way. Um, you know, I, I I'm a teaching assistant for a lot of classes. I've tutored a lot of people, and when it comes to math and it starts to get up into the upper years, um, I think a lot of people are intimidated of like calculus and stuff because they maybe you've seen it like in movies portrayed as like right. really hard. Uh, but it's just a, sort of a, I think it's because it's just a different language. And yeah. it's once you do it and you kind of learn the language the same way you might learn, you know, French, uh-huh. then you're kind of like, oh, like I see, you know. I'm going to tell you this. I was trying to get it back into mountain biking, but now you said calculus. I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> I took When I took calculus in college, it was like. My, my schedule was, I was still working a full-time job and I was doing like 18 units in school and I had mm-hmm. kids and everything. I was like, just crazy busy. Right. So like my schedule was like, there wasn't a whole lot of time where it would be like be picky and choosy about which classes that I took. Mm-hmm. So I took this calculus class and the teacher literally just moved to the United States from China, like three days before we started the class. Like I could not understand anything that he was saying, but like every like six or seventh word. Same thing with the rest of my class. And he had this like, like, like Chinese attitude of like, I want everybody to be like failing miserably. (laughs) Like, like, and and so like, we would just sit there and, and have no clue what was going on. I think the best grade in the class was like a 50, like 50%. And Mm -hmm. he, he gave us a take home test and we were all like dumb and not dumb college students. Yeah, let's do take home test. It was four questions. I was in the math lab for 12 hours. Other teachers that teach calculus couldn't answer these questions. And it was just like, oh my God, it was just ridiculous. So right about then I was like, 
I, before that class, I was thinking about, man, maybe I'll change my major and do math or something like that. Mm. This is really fun. And then that guy was like, nope, Robert, you're you're not going to be a mathematician. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, te well, teaching's a two-way street in that uh, you, you have to be a good teacher, and then your students also need to try. Like, you both need to try and do your best job to communicate. Yeah. Uh, and I've definitely had profs where I'm just, and I've TA'd for classes where the prof has been bad. And I'm just like, Oh no, like, these <laughs> this is going downhill quick. Cause especially when I know the material and right. I'm, like, I'm like, if I was in this class, this would be horrendous. Yeah, and be out of here. It's harder just because it's being maybe not taught incorrectly, but just in a harder way you know, more abstract, not explaining it super well. Yeah. And yeah, that can just be, that can just make the class so much worse for so many more students. And, you know. So this guy over here, I saw you did a video the other day uh, about Sun Peaks. Hmm. And this guy says is Sun Peaks versus Whistler, which is better. And I know you're in that area. So you're riding those both a lot. Mm -hmm. I would imagine there's a lot of differences. So how, how do you want to approach that question? I would say if you want to hit jumps like you want to ride a line kind of stuff uh yeah just obviously whistler has so many jump trails and that you can work up to so you like crank it up a line dirt merchant like there's big jumps uh everywhere there and you you'll hit way bigger jumps than you normally would like mm -hmm. the jumps on a line and stuff uh if there's outside the park like <laughs> there's just no way there's like so what is it about it it just like they just sets you up just perfectly in the speed yeah it's like before you they're, know it, you're like holy shit yeah they're just so smooth so consistent and so like the jumps are so big and so long and the landings are so big there's nothing it's almost like there's they're not very technical at all like you uh -huh. just gotta send it and right they're, they're really forgiving like there's a lot of like safety nets kind of like in the uh -huh. design of the jumps and there's a lot of uh ways to practice so you can uh -huh. like do one jump and then a slightly bigger jump and a slightly bigger jump and you go okay and they all feel the same they're right. they a really good job so that's the that's probably the best part of whistler and then there's just so many trails like yeah obviously the riding there even the tech trails are all super fun but uh -huh. that being said sun peaks uh i liked it a lot and there are these places close to each other or like I'm not uh, so whistler is an hour and a half north of vancouver uh -huh. And Sun Peaks is four hours sort of northeast. Oh, okay, so they're they're a little bit apart then. Yeah, a couple hours apart. Yeah, and so Sun Peaks, yeah, just the tack trails I really liked. They're just so yeah. steep. All the double blacks were, uh, I I didn't really know what to expect, and we rolled into some of them, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight down the mountain. Yeah, and the like dirt fall there, line trails just like. <laughs> Yeah, one of them is called Smitty's Steeps, and it just uh -huh. is a rut. Just a rut that kind of like kind of slightly S turns down the mountain, but yeah. just go straight down the mountain. They're just, yeah. and it's just like you <laughs> drag the back brake and just go down the mountain. And you're right. like, oh, but <laughs> that the, just happened. The dirt there is, is weird. Like it's so grippy. Uh, we had really great conditions when we were there. Mm hmm. But even I've had those conditions in Whistler because I ride there so much. And yeah, the dirt is just, uh, yeah, it's grippy and they build the berms uh, steep. So they're more, they're almost like little quarter pipes. Uh -huh. Whistler, I think they cater maybe a little more to beginner and they keep the uh -huh. berms maybe a little more, uh, you know, just slight slants. There's still huge berms in Whistler, but yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it's it's a definitely a different style. And if you're into like steep tech, then you're going to want to go to Sun Peaks. Uh, uh-huh. But if you're going on, say if you're going a long trip and you want to hit jumps, then, you know, Whistler is, well, it's Whistler. Uh-huh. I haven't uh, been there yet. I'd like to go sometime. It's like Whistler is so big. Yeah, it's definitely worth a trip and staying like at least a week, like 10 Dude, days. That was like, prob- that, I think that was one of my biggest goals for this summer was to go up there and then COVID. And mm. It's just like, whatever. I guess that's not happening this year. Yeah. And the village too is like just such a fun place. And my favorite mm. uh, is it's so right at the bottom of the mountain. There's GLC and they have uh, uh, drink specials every day that come in buckets. So you get a triple for. What is it? It's pretty cheap. So it's like $11 Canadian for a triple. Mm-hmm. So and it's like three beers is what you mean by triple? Yeah. Nice. It's in like a bucket and they'll have like, uh, it'll just be whatever. Yeah. Drink, some vodka, whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's so cheap, especially for Whistler. Like, because then the village, I took my girlfriend out for dinner and the drinks were $16 each, like a single yeah. drink. I was like, yeah. I got two. And I was like, okay, this is. Yeah. The bill pump the brakes here. You gotta bring you gotta bring a flask in and just get a coke, right? (laughs) Yeah. The nightclubs are hilarious and like, yeah, it's and it's such a nice village. It's like, it's like Disney World Uh in that it's so clean and like proper. Right. Like everything's in its place. All the bricks are nicely laid out. All the walkways perfectly clean. And uh, I think Whistler is unique for that kind of village, like because it's so big and popular. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a. I used to ski a lot, and um, I always wanted to go up there because I skied a lot in Europe and some pr- pretty like badass places, and uh, that are just huge. And so, whenever I moved to the state, back to the states, um, I I was in California, and is like I went up to Tahoe, and they're like, you know, everybody around here is like, that's the place to go skiing, and mm. I like got on the hill, and I was like, you know, we got to the point where I wanted to take a break, and mm. I was at the bottom. And um, I wasn't used to doing that in like <laughs> Austria. Like you get to where you want to take a break, and you still got a long way to go. You, you know, you know what I mean. So it was like, it was like way different. And I was like, what's going on? So I was like, man, I need to go figure out somewhere else to go that that's like Europe, but not have to go back to Europe. And Whistler was the one. But now, now I want to go there for a whole other reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely worth the trip. And you know, I'm sure if you come up, there's whole gang of us up here who will yeah yeah you'll have a whole crew who will come visit for sure do you do snow snow sports too or no i'm a yeah, strictly summer kind of guy yeah. and even so i lived in winnipeg manitoba which is like notorious for its winter mm-hmm. uh and i just hated the winter yeah it, yeah i it gets down to like january february is when it hits like minus 40 some days uh-huh. degrees celsius so yeah uh, I think is it minus 40. That's the same in both. I think it might be. It just sounds awful. Yeah, it's just <laughs> flat, super flat. So it's super windy. The university right. has tunnels actually to like let you go between buildings without going outside. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved <laughs> to Vancouver. Like a huge reason was the winter. There just is non-existent here. It snows for maybe like the snow will stay for like two weeks. And even then it'll be like zero degrees. Yeah, Celsius. Yeah. I'm from Pennsylvania originally, so it snows and stuff there during the winter. And I always joke around about that's why I came to California. It's like, if mm-hmm. I want snow, I drive to it. And when I'm done with it that day, I go home and it's gone. You know, like, 
I don't have to wake up and scrape it off of my car or my windows. Like there'd be a, like maybe one or two times, three times a year that you walk out to your, your car here and there's like frost in the window and you're like, what Scott? This is horrible. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I, I even get like, sometimes like the, the winter here is rained and I'm always like, well, you know, California does yeah. actual sun. That'd be right. Nice. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there's definitely the sunshine tax down here, though, man. You pay for it. it. It's just like it's crazy expensive. I like I have some friends that do like real estate, and they they're back east. You know, like one guy's in like Georgia, and he's like posting these like beautiful homes that cost like a quarter of what mine did, and they're like five times as big. I'd be like, feel like I'd move in, like be like Scrooge McDuck over there or something like that, and like here I am out here in California. And you're like, wow, but. I don't know. Same problem in Vancouver. Uh, yeah. I, th I don't think it's as bad as like San Francisco and the Bay Area. The Bay Area yeah. is better with like, you know, because all those companies paying yeah, yeah. salaries. But uh, yeah, there's just, yeah, there's no way in any short time frame that we would be able to afford like a detached house anywhere mm -hmm. in like the mainland. They're yeah. all over a million a million dollars. Yes, yeah, so our neighbor's house that's for sale here, it's just up for one point two million. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's not a nice house either. Yeah, that's like, crazy. That's like some of the places down in the bay. I know there were some houses down there. It's just like crappy old houses, and they're selling for close to that. And some cases, people were buying them, just knock the house down, and build a new one. It's like yeah. you got to be kidding me, man. When you got the money, I guess. Yeah, right. Just freaking throw that shit around. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered. I want to go find some people who have lived here long enough that, like, they bought their house and it was inexpensive, and now it's worth like millions or whatever. Uh, I, I just think if I was in that position, I'd be like, you know, let's just sell the house and go like back to Northern Ontario. Yeah. Because with like a million and a half dollars, like two million dollars, like some of these places are worth, like you could buy a big, like a you could buy like a mansion on the lake for like seven thousand, yeah. and then you could take your other million and just like, yeah, chill. you could just retire and like yeah. do whatever you want. <laughs> There's a spot over here, like right in my neighborhood, it's called the Fab Forties. So the streets are numbered. So obviously the Forties, mm -hmm. and um, there's some pretty big houses over. I mean, they're not like like mansion big, but they're probably you know somewhere between. 3,000, 5,000, 6,000 square feet, something like that. I mean, pretty big house, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I don't know what that is in metric. So I don't, hopefully you follow me on the feet thing. So <laughs> other, anyways, like my, uh, my lady, her grandmother owned a house over there like way back. And when she sold that house, she sold it for like $20,000 and they thought they were going to steal. Like, <laughs> they were like, man, we made big money on this thing. And that house right now is probably worth close to $2 million. It's like insane to think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's getting weird for cities. And I'm hoping now with uh, all this work from home that people are more willing to spread around the country. And mm -hmm. so we don't have like these hot spots of real estate that right. just mean like. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how it changes things, yeah. man. It, I mean, we were talking before, before we were online about like, I think that, uh, or like you had said, you know, the companies now that, are, that used to be afraid of letting people work from home are like, hey, no, this is okay. 
And I think that'll help with the talent pool too, man. You know, before there would be some guy that's like locked in Omaha, Nebraska that couldn't come work for your company. And now he can, you know, <laughs> Mario says, come to Texas. It's way cheaper and hot. You know, I honestly have thought about moving to Texas a few times because, um, my daughter is about to graduate from high school. So once she graduates from high school, then like me and the lady are like, Hey, when, where do you want to go? You know, like we could go wherever we want now, you know? And, uh, I, I was thinking about Texas, but man, I rode down in Austin. That was like pretty fun riding down in that area, but they just don't have the elevation loss that we have out here. And it's like, that's the one thing I'm used to these like huge downhill sessions, you know, where it's like, some of the guys that come out from Pennsylvania or whatever back east, you know, they come out and visit and they're they've never ridden downhill for 10 miles. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like, what are you talking about? You've never ridden down for 10. That's like what makes mountain biking like amazing. You know, like I don't know. I'm sure you guys got some huge, huge descents up there as well, huh? Yeah, yeah. There's some pretty big ones here. So the normal uh you know, the top of most mountains here is like six or 700 meters, which is what's that feet times three. So that's like 2,500 feet like uh -huh. to the, some of the top trails. There's usually yeah. maybe there's some, you know, hidden ones a little higher. Of descent, though. That I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's what we're saying. Yeah, that's a lot of descent, too. Yeah. Because yeah. Downeyville is like over 14 miles, and I think it's like 5,000 or 6,000 feet, something like that. Yeah. That, I think, and then I think that's what Whistler is if you go up to the yeah. lift. It's uh yeah, and then you can do there. There is an alp, a couple alpine trails too. You can do yeah. up there, and there's if you want it, you know, you can grind up the hill for three hours for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. It's you know, it's just I don't know. Riding is so different everywhere you go. It it really is fun no matter where you're at. Honestly, like I know I could move to Texas, I'd still have fun. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Austin has a uh, pretty awesome BMX scene, which is like pretty yeah. cool pros there like all at the skate park all the time it's kind of cool yeah. yeah you follow a lot of bmx guys yeah like all the guys yeah it's funny when i first started bmxing i felt like uh all the people i was following they were all kind of either had just kind of turned pro or up and coming and i was like oh you know in another two or three years there'll be like another grouping of them but it's kind of like that just froze in time so yeah like the Chase Hawk, uh, Dennis Anderson, these kind of pros. Uh, yeah. yeah, I followed them like 10 years ago, and they're still yeah. like still relevant. guys on Instagram and stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, maybe that's because... You ever watch uh, Scotty Kramer's channel? Yeah, I love yeah, I love his channel. His, like, his story. I always watch his, like, his injury updates because he's like, man. Yeah, it's insane. I I couldn't Those you guys that don't know the guy that we're talking about, he's a BMX rider. He's got a really big channel. I think they're probably over a million, a couple million or something like that. Yeah. It's huge. Anyways, he had a, an accident. Like he was like winning like X games and stuff like that. Like he's like badass rider. No, no joke. And, uh, he, he was out like riding some urban stuff with one of his buddies and just had an accident and like just messed his skull all up and had to learn how to walk and, basically talk and do everything again now at this point it's been a couple of years and he's you know he's 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 not back 100 percent to where he was but he's like you know functioning like walking and riding bike a little bit but not um not anything like he was before yeah just the fact that he was like they thought he was gonna die 
Yeah. And, and they were like, oh, you'll, you know, you'll stay alive, but you'll never be able to walk. And yeah. then, now he just is such a like, I don't know, like athlete, like go for it kind of guy. He's got he, a great person, like a, a, like a very positive outlook on life too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. His, his like mental fortitude to handle that. And yeah. Especially to go from where he was to just not being able to do it and like yeah. have to learn it. And, and yeah, in his last video, he was like jumping or not jumping, but like he rolled into like a quarter pipe and yeah, and came out of one. And I was like, Oh wow. Like that's so crazy that. Yeah. It's I just, so cool too, that his channel still like, like basically cause the way his channel was set up was like a bunch of his buddies. They would always <laughs> be filming together and stuff like that. And they would do like ride challenges or trick challenges and stuff like that. And, so all the other guys that are on the channel have really still helped create, keep the channel going. So I think yeah. that that's, that's really cool, man. It's really cool how, how it's all worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, yeah, just it, uh, it's his channel is so crazy to watch. Just if you watch the first, even if you just watch the beginning and then you watch the most recent ones, that story yeah. is crazy. And it's uh yeah, it's really, I guess like lucky for him that he had the channel to like, maybe that kept him kind of like, Oh, like I'll just push through and I can yeah. channel, stay in like the BMX industry kind of. And right. Yeah. So why did you, why did you do a mountain bike channel instead of a BMX channel? I mean, you got a lot of BMX ex experience. I had just, when I moved here, <clears throat> I just started mountain biking. I just went uh -huh. and I was just more into mountain biking at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I, I saw, there's a, there's a mosquito attacking me, you know? Oh, it's all right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just saw the videos, you know, the YouTube videos online. I'd never filmed mountain biking, really. And so I kind of wanted to share that just, like, on my uh -huh. own Instagram or whatever. And, yeah, that's just how it started. And then once it started snowballing, I just stuck with it. But just I, I don't ride BMX nearly as much now. It's maybe – I'm going to try and ride after this, actually. I decided uh -huh. I'm going to skate park. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, maybe, yeah, like three or four times a month I'll try to get out just because there's so much mountain biking here. All my friends now like mountain bike. Uh, the BMX scene is having like a hard time. They really resisted like being mainstream just mm -hmm. too much. They just tried to keep it to like street and hash and now like barely any people ride bmx there's no shops in vancouver that carry bmx stuff which is weird yeah you know I, I there was somebody i had on the show and we were talking about the same thing it was like when i was a kid like you went to the bike shop and like that's what most of the bikes were were bmx and mm -hmm. um there now it's I, I don't i don't even know where i could buy a bmx bike other than like a not bmx bike at like a walmart <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like so it turns out they're all direct to consumer. I just bought a new BMX because mine had a crack in it. And uh -huh. I, like, I, I don't even know what, like, there's no shops that carry anything. So I just went onto the website and I was like, oh, they sell them just from their website now. Uh -huh. The biggest BMX website I noticed is shut down. It was called the Come Up, the Come Up BMX, which uh -huh. was like, they were just like curating videos. Like just, um, you know, anytime someone would put up an edit, they would always just share it. Mm -hmm. basically a place where you could find all the edits because it was so they were kind of like the pink bike of bmx though yeah and then they weren't really producing their own content like PM like pink bike is now uh -huh. uh, we're still staying with the curating stuff and i think it just got to a point where so the guy who runs it adam 22 who's like a big youtuber now uh I, 
I'm guessing because I didn't follow, but it just was kind of like, ah, this BMX thing kind of, it's, it's not worth the time to try and yeah. run this website and this big business. Cause now he does uh, the no jumper podcast and the YouTube channel uh-huh. and all that stuff. And yeah, he's even made it to like, I've seen him on like news stuff. Like I think uh, was it on Snapchat or something. Cause he just does like, what was the crazy thing that got him? His girlfriend's like not a porn star, but like has an OnlyFans or something, and uh-huh. they he like vlogged like a threesome kind of like oh lord, <laughs> like and yeah, and he does, and now he does like he'd been interviewing all these uh, up and coming rappers and stuff, and like uh-huh. some of them actually ended up being pretty big, and and, oh, and yeah, wow. so but so he was kind of the guy in BMX who was like curating content, and now that that website's gone, and like Vital BMX is kind of. I don't think too many people visit it. Yeah. And then so many people to me, maybe it felt like they were trying to keep it just away from anything mainstream. Like anyone who got a big sponsor, they would make fun of like, Oh, you're sponsored by Gatorade. Like that's dumb. Yeah. Yeah, Which is funny because when I would compete and I'd go down to Toronto, there are people who are sponsored by big companies now uh, that I, so I saw like they didn't win the, the AM contest. Um, and I remember the dad over like overhearing like their conversation. It was like, you know what? Like we're going to be like in the gym. Like we'll figure out all the tricks you need to learn. Like yeah, just yeah. Like, the same you'd see like in a hockey dad kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. What about BMX? And he rides for a brand now that's like really like street kind of don't care vibe. Yeah. It's funny because I know for a fact that they like trained yeah yeah, yeah. it's like you can't admit it though you can't be like oh i trade really hard and i try you got to pretend like you're like no i was just smoking pot on the couch all day and now i'm out here just yeah these crazy tricks down (laughs) yeah you got it and that's how mountain biking was yeah like if you remember like the neuro disorder days but that kind of all went away and i know some like there's a couple meme pages that really make fun of this kind of stuff but like now there's way more trail systems and way more awesome bikes because it's become way more mainstream and yeah. you know, dads and whatever and moms and kids are all buying bikes and even you think though that's not, you think that's what's to blame for for BMX like falling apart is mm, mountain bikes it could, that could be it too like just that mountain biking became kind of like it was cool enough for the kids to do like you can jump and yeah. do tricks it, but also like your dad could buy a bike and like yeah too like everyone can do it and like yeah and then they start making these you know like trail systems and stuff like that like what you're saying you know when i first started in the 90s i mean the only place like where we rode was like places in pennsylvania what they had was called uh um rails the trails so so it'd be like where they like tore up old railroad tracks and then basically Mm -hmm. they people would hike them or bike them or whatever you could do that any hiking trail you could ride on, you know, because there was no rule that said you couldn't, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, we didn't really have the kind of like trail systems or, or even the equipment that really could handle some of the stuff that we have now. It's like, I couldn't imagine trying to do some of the tr- rides that I do now on my 1993 <laughs> completely rigid giant atx 760 mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i'm sure there's probably some crazy yahoo that could do it but like yeah not i wouldn't want to you know 
Yeah, now it's going to get even more interesting with e-bikes and yeah. even I wonder if it'll be more like the appeal become more broad uh and then yeah, I, I have no idea what's going to happen to it, but uh well I mean the e-bikes really take the I, I know I'm already a freaking toasted for this probably. <laughs> but I mean it takes the level of fitness that you need to ride away. Oh yeah, way down. Like, you, you know what I mean like like way down way way down you know mm -hmm. like so you know and you could say that a park would do that too i mean you could ride a lift up and you could be like lazy yep. and have no cardio and still be able to do a park you know mm -hmm. or a shuttle run or something mm -hmm. like that but but um i mean there's lots of places that don't have parks and don't have shuttle runs you know so it's like where are you gonna you're gonna do an xc ride and now you can you know your buddy that's not fit can come with you mm -hmm. you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I definitely don't have anything against people riding e-bikes. I do like them. Like, hey, yeah. when I get on one, it's like it's fun to cruise around for sure. The reason I haven't bought one yet, though, is it's almost like it's like the climbing aspect and like the fitness aspect is hard, and I think it's good for me to do something that I like. I don't really love doing. Like, it's yeah. hard, and I need to do it. And I think it's good to try and stay in shape. And I. Uh... I love riding bikes and the mm -hmm. only thing that's keeping me from buying an e-bike is money. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think that um, it would change me as a rider though, from what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean like this week, dude, I've been like doing like during the week, Monday through Friday, I'm doing like 20 miles a day on my road bike. I rode up in Tahoe yesterday. I rode again today. Like I feel like an e-bike would just be like, another tool mm -hmm. like like i have my enduro bike i have my hardtail and then i have my e-bike you know mm -hmm. and it would be like that day when it's 95 degrees out and it's like four o'clock and i want to go ride and i'm like screw that dude i'm not climbing up that hill at this you know but on the e-bike i'd be like yeah maybe i'll go do a couple laps you, so, you know what i mean like so i, I don't know yeah, yeah and yeah, I was just gonna say that's exactly why I would want one too. Yeah. Just those, the days where you like kind of don't really want to ride, but like you could. Yeah, yeah. The, the other bus. thing too is like we have some spots where it's like that will shuttle, and like you just spend so much time like resetting trucks and driving back up, and like like the amount of time that we spend driving back up and down the hill, you know. If we were on e-bikes, we could just drive, we could just ride and we'd probably get more laps in mm -hmm. than we did in our trucks, you know? And that's where like the appeal is for me as well, where it's like, well, that would be sick. You know, we're just doing some like monster mileage freaking ride that I would never do. I ran into this other YouTuber. His name's uh, the Calirado kid. Mm. Um, actually, is I guess, high school buddies with BKXE mm. and uh I ran into him up in Downeyville and they did, they were like renting e-bikes. There was like their, their video idea. They put in like 8,000 feet of climbing that day. Like there's no way. Like, I think my yeah. biggest day of climbing ever might've been like 4,000 feet, which is a huge day. You, you know what I mean? Like, especially for somebody that's like mostly a weekend warrior, you know what I mean? Like, like that is just insane to think about climbing 8,000 feet on a mountain bike in like a mountainous area not like you know like oh let's do this nice and slow and gradually <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. i don't know yeah 
yeah basically yeah i've got maybe too many bikes already um but yeah if i could if i could just have an e-bike right now yeah i would take one <laughs> yeah yeah totally and i can't remember who i can't remember who told me this but santa cruz said maybe it was an interview they did it was like in five years like 45 percent of the bikes they make will be e-bikes i heard and, this too yeah, yeah i think that's probably accurate and the one thing i don't like uh i really didn't like this coming from bmx to mountain bikes is how much more they just get the bikes get so much more complicated so with the bmx yeah. like i just didn't need to care about it like it right. I don't even have brakes like right it literally is single speed small tough wheels no brakes it's super simple i could throw it around i don't need to care about it yeah and i got a car you know a carbon enduro bike and all of a sudden i got to care about the suspension and the bearings and all this stuff and the yeah. chain. i gotta clean it and then now you have a motor in there and you have a electronics and the battery and it's like oh boy now yeah you gotta maintain that kind of stuff um yeah and then getting into like the motor maintenance and batteries and like yeah all that kind of stuff is like a whole another level that uh, that part yeah that part i don't like and you know hopefully when i get an e-bike i'll be rich enough just to go here you go bike shop right <laughs> you know the bike shop's gonna be like end up being like the freaking car dealership too you know you're gonna go in yeah. you're like man they got me for another 800 bucks you know <laughs> like, yeah. yeah well that's how we can already feel like some of the stuff uh you know, I have to bring my shock into the suspension place because yeah, yeah. uh, the damper is gone, and like it's all specialty tools, and like I, I literally just couldn't do it. They're just, right. uh, and it's gonna, I think, you know, the bleed or whatever for the damper is gonna be two hundred bucks, and then if they replace some seals and do this other stuff, yeah, you start looking like, at it, and yeah, you start looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I yeah. mean, they're like. My um, suspension on the Bronson is like long, long overdue needing to be rehauled. And um, I was just thinking the same thing as what you just said. I was like, well, it's going to cost me this, 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 and this. How much would it cost me for a new fork and a new shock? You know, like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, and plus being a YouTuber helps, you know, I can get a little bit of discount, you know, so. But even if I wasn't, I mean... You could get some stuff. I just bought a brand new takeoff um, Fox 34. Uh, what's the factory fork for my lady's bike that I was building? I got it for like 500 bucks. It was brand new. It was never even used. That's, you yeah. know, maybe that's a thousand dollars. I don't know. Probably something close to that normal. Mm-hmm. Like you can find really good parts used too, you know, or on the, the resale market. So it's like, I mean, between that, say I used a fork like that and, and got a good deal on a, on a shock that was, you know, last season or something like that, you know, was a, a half decent air shock at the most is, you know, 300 bucks or something like that. It's like $800 there. You got a whole new brand new suspension set instead of spending like five and some change, getting them, my old stuff redone. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. And even like. I could, so usually what I try to do uh, is I'll sell my bikes pretty much every year and buy mm-hmm. a new bike. Uh, partially because I like switching it up and I just love new bikes and all that kind of stuff. But then it just saves me from doing that like big overhaul full on yeah. service. And, you know, I'll sell my bikes for a pretty good deal and then I'll just get a new one. Cause like, so if like you when break, your brakes wear out in your car, you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look like at, I almost, 
there's some parts I want. And I was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool to have like the Kashima Fox 36 with the grip two, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, I could just buy like this last year's YT Capra that's on sale. <laughs> just like <laughs> It's almost just cheaper than buying the parts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like especially and then even from shops uh, now they're all sold out. But before bikes went crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was some just amazing deals that had. Uh, you know, good parts and stuff like that. Like, yeah, if you look for a deal, right, uh, you could buy that YT Capra, take the fork off that you wanted, put it mm -hmm. on your bike, take your old fork, put it on the YT Capra, turn around, sell it, and mm -hmm. then be like break even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, almost. Yeah, I totally. Even, I was even looking at like I was looking at my downhill bike. I was like, oh no, like I've got to start servicing stuff. And then I just was going on like YT's outlet store, being like, hmm, like I, you know, I want carbon wheels for the downhill bike now, and I want like, yeah you know, the, the better X2 shock, like, uh, you know, maybe I can get them to sell me the downhill, but like the new right. or the last year's two S for a little cheaper and, you know, come out, you know, not, you know, maybe if I spent, you know, I ended up spending 1500 to do a bike swap, uh, as opposed to spending a thousand on <laughs> fixing yeah. kind of like 500 bucks. Yeah. I was looking, I've been like itching for a new bike. I just built a brand new hardtail, but of course, you know how upgrade itis goes. You just always mm -hmm. want something new, right? So I've been thinking about getting a new enduro bike, and I um I buy stuff used a lot, and mm -hmm. uh, um I was like, man, I could pick up this used bike. My buddy's been like really looking for some like Santa Cruz carbon or some carbon wheels. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so if I bought this bike, I don't need the wheels. I could sell the wheels of my buddy. I could sell my Bronson and then I'm up like, maybe I need to come up with like a grand and I have a brand new bike. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's not that bad. You know, <laughs> like gets you thinking that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Do you buy yeah. used or always new? Uh, lately? Yeah. Well, I worked at a shop, so pretty much always new. Uh, yeah. So you're getting like industry pricing then. Yeah, so when I worked at the shop, you know, what did I buy? So I bought Norco Range. They give you uh, like a little bit of deal off cost. Giant uh -huh. gives you a really good deal. If you work at a shop, uh, it's like 20% off cost. And oh, they're wow. already priced. Like you could buy the Giant Rain 2 or Rain 1, just one down from the top model, which retails at 5,600 Canadian. But it has like the Grip 2 Fox mm -hmm. 36 and the Nice X2 and like the best codes. And if you worked at a shop and then you got, you know, the 20% off, it's like my friend bought one and it was like, I don't know, like 3,300 Canadian after tax. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a really good like, deal. Yeah. Such a, like you, when he sells it, he actually might make some money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's definitely some ways to afford. I, yeah. A big one is people always ask how to afford bikes and stuff. Uh, probably the biggest trick you could do is, is work at a shop like once a week. Yeah. You know, if you're like, oh, uh, you know, maybe the sun, you know, there's the winter and there's, you want a new bike for next summer, you know, try and work at a shop once a week, you know, build bikes or whatever. And yeah, like, yeah, I want the, you know, they'll probably give you the staff discount after, you know, a month or whatever, six weeks of working there. Right. And that alone saves you the two grand or whatever. Or you yeah. could like pour your life into YouTube for a couple of years and then you might be able to get it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, people are funny. I actually, um, I get that question a lot about because uh, I have the, especially because I have the S Works frame now because mm -hmm. it got warrantied. Just looks like I'm a super baller, right? With my fancy S Works. Uh, so there's a few things that 
uh, I think people like kind of project, you know, when they see that, uh, the first thing is they, I think they assume that then everything that I buy is like at that level where yeah. the reality is I've just sunk absolutely all my money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our car is nine years old now. Yeah. And we share one. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, my, my dad actually gave me a car which sounds like, oh, wow, you got a car for free. But it right. was he got it for free, and he's a mechanic. And it was like a 1982 Volkswagen Golf 2 that when you pushed on the gas, the you could feel the engine block kind of like shift because the, <laughs> all the bolts are pouring down, and the windshield wiper would shoot off the, you know, like shoot oh, off the that's side. awesome. The air conditioning <laughs> didn't work. Sometimes if it was summer, you had to turn the heat on because the engine would overheat, and you needed right. the hot air. Uh so, I've had yeah. one of those before. <laughs> and I, I drove that for as long as I could so I could buy bikes. Like, right. And, uh, and yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> just 99% of my money goes into bikes. And I had, so I did, I had this kid message me and, uh, and he asked, uh, like, how, oh, how do you afford bikes and stuff like that? And I was like, well, when I was your age, uh, I got a job washing dishes and, uh, it sucked, but, like that's how I bought my bikes and stuff. Yeah. And he just said, uh, Oh, like I'm not going to spend my summer <laughs> washing dishes. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess you don't want it too bad. I guess but... you don't want to bike that bad. Yeah. I know my, my first mongoose, the uh, um, BMX, like my really good, that was my really good BMX that I bought when I was right. young. And uh, dude, I busted my ass for that bike. I remember I, I had it on like a layaway at the bike shop, you mm. know, and I would come oh, in yeah. and give them like $5 a week or something or 10, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whatever oh, yeah. it was until like yep. I bought that thing, dude. And when I got it, man, I was so stoked, man. You know, and like mm -hmm. you have to put the work in, man, if you want the stuff. And, it, and it's the same way now. I mean, it's like, it's no different. It's not like I'm pooping out five grand to go pick up a carbon bike whenever I feel like it. I got a great job. You know what I mean? But five grand's not cheap you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's a tricky one i i know uh i know joe gets uh gets a lot of comments because he's always talking about budget bikes and stuff mm -hmm. and yeah that's a sensitive topic for a lot of people and uh and i think one thing people don't maybe realize is how much better bikes have gotten especially yeah. like the, a bike from 10 years ago that was five grand it's yeah. just terrible now. Like yeah. I would much rather buy like a thousand dollar hardtail than yeah. a five thousand dollar full suspension now. You know like, what? Go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say they've come down. Like the the quality has come down in price, just like cameras. Yeah. You know? yeah. When I first started my channel, I had a um a, a two thousand six Cannondale Profit, and I had like upgraded all the parts on it, and the geometry on it wasn't too bad, but um. I remember, like, to me, I always was like, dude, I got brand new, like, the new, the drivetrain's the same as the new bikes. It's a one-by. I got, you know, like, good wheels and all this and that. And I just didn't realize, like, when I bought my Bronson, like, how different, like, mm. just the little tweaks in, in geometry, like, how different it made the bike, you know? Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with you, like, but I think if you're in a, a spot that you want a decent bike and you don't have a lot of money like definitely go used man i mean you can pick up a bike oh, yeah. that's a couple years old and like save a ton of money and mm -hmm. sometimes you can pick up a bike that's only a year old just from like the guy that you were just talking about 
-hmm. Like the dude already got it at 50% of cost anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So he's selling it for almost probably the same price that he bought it for, which is still a screaming deal. The Mm -hmm. dude took care of it like Invisaframe, you know, did or whatever, like took care of it because he knew he was selling it in six months. Mm -hmm. You, You know what I mean? So it looks like it's brand new. It's just got some, you know, it's just been worn a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually thought about doing a video just on how to like afford some bikes that you're trying to save up for. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I mean I just see the comment so often about uh, that people can't afford it, uh, yeah. which totally you know they are expensive, and and there's you know lots of cases uh, where it just is really, really, really hard. Um, but yeah, there's always you know maybe something some way think, like yeah. Hopefully, and even yeah, even though I said I would rather ride a new bike, um, there are bikes that are ten years old which you could totally ride. Like I rode a when I my first ride in Whistler, I borrowed a two thousand and seven Shore Three, I think it was, and that was awesome. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I like, and that was uh, four years ago. So it was yeah, it was ten years old at the time. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. And I didn't. And then I once I got a new bike, I was like, oh, I fun. can tell you too. They're like, I, I, um, I wouldn't have thought this a while back. You know, would have kind of, how would I say this? In the past, I wouldn't have given the same advice. Let's say it that way. Um, a hardtail is crazy fun to ride. Mm-hmm. Like crazy fun to ride. And the geometries of these new ones now, I mean. You can you can spend a grand and get a hardtail that that you can upgrade the parts and you will have so much fun. And let me tell you right now, like you will be able to do all the same runs as your other buddies with their full suspension bike. You're just gonna have more skill. Mm-hmm. Like my, I was telling you, I, I don't know if that were we on the on the air or not when I was telling you about <laughs> doing that that uh, PR run here oh, locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like for those of you guys that weren't that weren't in the garage with us beforehand, I was telling them about how um, I did made this bet on on uh, this trail, this local trail with a friend of mine about um, who could get down the fastest to make a long story short. And so we just started really like doing this trail over and over again. And um, my times that I get now are like if you're looking at Strava, like I'm always in the top 10 for the day and my fastest time down that trail is tied on the Bronson with my time on my chameleon hardtail. Like it's the exact same time. And, and it's not like, okay, this trail is not like crazy chunky. It's not like, you know, some like insane chunk, Mm -hmm. but it's a free, it's a pretty decent trail. I mean, like compared to like most people come there and ride that and are like, Holy shit, dude, this is mountain biking. You, You know what I mean? Like for some of us that ride a lot, you might hit it and be like, okay, that's a little chunky XE trail. You know what I mean? But it's, it's no joke, you know? And so, uh, that, that hardtail is really like, it's changed my, my, my outlook on things a lot. Yeah. I'm actually, I, I want a hardtail now because I think I'm getting a little too lazy with my technique. Yeah. Uh, I never really rode a hardtail when like trail riding, like I just Mm -hmm. prefer the BMX to an enduro bike. Yeah. And now I'm kind of going like, well, you know, I should probably get back on the hardtail because I ride with two guys who ride hardtails who just, they ride, they both just ride faster than me. Like I'm yeah. on a big susp- full suspension bike and they're on their hardtails with like 140 mil 
forks. Yeah, that's what I got <laughs> on mine. And they're just they're going faster, like on the shore too, which is just the jankiest, rocky, like. Chunk. It just really teaches you how to um, how how to pick your lines. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one big thing. And um, at the end of the day, like with droppers, I mean, mm-hmm. I got a hundred and seventy mil dropper on on my freaking hardtail, so the amount of suspension that I have in my legs between the pedals and my bike mm-hmm. is, is a lot, you know what I mean? So I definitely got my, my, the same as my 150 on my Bronson. I'm just <laughs> using my legs, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah, you have to hit stuff a little differently. You know, it's not like you can be lazy on a, on a hardtail and just like, Let like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make up stuff for you. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make up for mistakes, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's less forgiving. I was actually yeah. saying that, uh, when I ride my BMX and I even just jump off a curb, it feels smoother, like just mm-hmm. on my BMX than on my big bikes. Like it's, it's hard to explain the feeling. Yeah. But even though there's no suspension, just, I have just like so much more feeling for just, yeah. bridge, you know, fork and back end. I wonder what that is. I wonder what that is. Like, is it like my legs? Something, like, huh? I think. I think, like you said, I'm just using my legs more and yeah. just letting it be smooth. Whereas, I just immediately once I get on the mountain bike, I'm like, okay, suspension is doing right <laughs> all the work. That was part of the reason that I bought my hardtail was I I wanted I wanted to work on some stuff that I used to do like BMX wise that that I don't do anymore. You know. Mm-hmm. like endos and stupid shit like that you know i just don't do that on my full suspension bike and uh i wanted to try maybe try to learn how to wheelie or something like that and uh um now i just lost my train of thought what were you saying a second ago uh just like that it's smoother to jump off a curb yeah oh now now i remember what it was that was insane thank you um and and the other thing though too was that like some of those trails that are around the house you know i've ridden them 500 times at this point you know or like maybe even more i don't even know and so whenever i got my hardtail it was like okay it was making all those trails new again it was like when i started night riding for the first time it was like all of a sudden this trail that i know like the back of my hand is not that same trail anymore and that was really fun that's really fun plus it's cool to talk shit to people when you like beat them on a hardtail <laughs> yeah, if you go faster than them, then you can be like, ah, see, it's I'm faster. Right. If they go faster, you can just say, well, you know, I'm on a hardtail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can't win that, you know. Right, right. I, I really want one. I'm hoping maybe the winter I can get like a winter bike and just have yeah. a hardtail. That'd be really awesome. And then, I, yeah, just let it. You know, <laughs> it's definitely been a lot of fun, man. It's definitely way more fun than I thought it was going to be when I bought the bike. When I like, honestly, when I bought the first chameleon. I, I bought it. Some of the reasons I was just talking about, and some of it was like, just for the channel. I was like, Oh, well I'll buy this like entry, like the entry level build. And then I'll like show people how you can like build it up and like upgrade parts and whatever. And it'll be nice to have another bike that if the bronzing is getting worked on or something screwed up, you know, like the wheels getting rebuilt or something, then I, I got something else to ride. And, um, all of a sudden, it was like then the Bronson was just like hanging on the wall, and I was just taking that hardtail everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I uh, yeah, you're just making me want a hardtail more. <laughs> you should do it, dude. I'm I'm like preaching to everybody about it. I'm like, yeah. one of my buddies is talking about buying a new bike right now, and he's like, 
looking at other bikes that are similar to what he has right now. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm telling you, get a hardtail. I'm, you're going to understand once you start riding it, like instantly you're going to, that's the bike that you're going to want to grab all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's like that Norco torrent, like their best torrent with like the, with the sick parts on it is mm-hmm. like three grand Canadian. Uh-huh. Uh, but with like all, I think it's got a better fork than on my Enduro and then the same brakes, like wheels, all that uh-huh. good parts. And then, yeah, just cause you're not paying for that rear suspension. Yeah. You know, you're saving like a ton of money. Yeah. No shock, no linkages. Right, like, right. Like, yeah. And now, yeah, I'm just looking at them thinking like, yeah, I should. I like that. You should do it. You should totally do it, man. <laughs> and Josh, too. So, huh? Josh, so daily, daily MTB ride. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he's got, yeah. Is you know, he on the hard, tra- he's on the hardtail kick right now, too? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I know he does love a good hardtail. And, you know, those uh, riding a hardtail at Whistler videos, that's the dream. That's yeah, the, right bait is just <laughs> yeah yeah that's the one i'm gonna do that one down here the on downieville i wanted i was gonna take it i went out to downieville a couple weeks ago maybe it was a month ago at this point with some buddies and i was gonna take it and i was like going with a big group so i was like man in case it sucks really bad like i don't want to be holding all these people up so i i didn't take it but my um like my lady's getting back into mountain biking she was she was out of it for a while so I've been having fun, like taking her places. So I think whenever I take her up there, because we'll be going at a little slower pace, then I can take it and be like, "All right, I'll be able to hang." It'll be fun. Yeah, that was kind of my plan too. Where I was like, "Oh, if I buy a hardtail, then you know my girlfriend can ride it. It can be her bike." We're, we're yeah. the same <laughs> And so I'd just buy, you know, a large. Yeah. Know, it'd, be, it'd be our 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 bike. Yeah. Or her bike. I tried that with my my lady because what I would do is I would ride my chameleon and then I would just let her ride to Bronson because whenever she got in a, a, somebody T-boned her in her car a few years ago and when that happened, it kind of screwed her back up and basically from that point, she just stopped mountain biking and slowly she got back into road and, and the mountain biking just wasn't coming back. And uh, so we had sold her mountain bike and, and then I got the hardtail and I would ride that because we're pretty close to the same height. I mean, I'm, I'm six, two, she's five eleven, So we're both riding the same frames and, uh, it didn't work very long, dude. Like at the end of the day, like somebody, people just want their own bike. So what is going to happen if you try that, you're going <laughs> to end up having to buy two bikes. Yeah. I'm just filling in, dude. This is my life experience that I got. I'm kicking down the wisdom here, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We live in a basement suite and I can, like my bikes are just encroaching more and more. <laughs> into the like they like we don't have they'd be like nick why did you buy a house uh just so i could have more bike storage yeah like a <laughs> garage, like of some sort is definitely yeah. on the list of like things yeah we, uh yeah i've always just stored them inside because we live in like we just live in like a tiny little you know, yeah. apartment yeah we yeah. only yeah it's um it's pretty much just one room like yeah we, we have our living slash kitchen slash dining room like a big studio slash bike room right on man and yeah it's, it's mostly bikes right now hey there's there's no problem with that man i the, i think the only problem with that is, is there there should be one more yeah <laughs> i know yeah I, there's room there's, yeah, there's definitely room yeah. you just got to be a little more creative with how you store them man yeah a little more. 
Yeah, I got to a point in my garage where I was like, okay, I either need to sell one or something else needs to happen. And then I, I didn't realize that what something else was. My son graduated from high school and he moved out and then there was an extra bike spot on the wall. And I was like, boom, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I didn't even know that could happen. <laughs> so I saw one of your videos, you had a, a thing is 29 or too big. Mm. And you said in the very beginning of the video that you were planning on like bitching about 29er wheels being not good. And halfway mm -hmm. through the video, you changed your mind. Where are you at now? You know, I don't, I don't I'm not sure. Uh, it's because it, it, there's so much variety of riding here. Like mm -hmm. if I was riding in, if I just had one bike and I was riding like Whistler, but I also wanted to ride the trails around here, I'd probably go with something like the Enduro, uh, like a 29er do it all kind of bike mm -hmm. because it's so, it literally is like, you you can just ride it anywhere and mm. it pedals fine and it's a big bike still. So you can ride it in the park, but I have my two as now, which is 27 and a half downhill bike. And I do like that a lot. There's no, like, there's no part of me that wants a 29 or downhill bike. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I just, you don't even see them at the park. Like maybe some of the racers have 29 or downhill bikes, but yeah. there just is, you know, the geometry and the su suspension is there's so much of it. Like having, I want to hear. So what is it about 29 or that you're hesitant about? I have a more, I definitely have more trouble, uh, cornering and mm -hmm. just tight spots. Um, just getting the bike around. We have a lot yeah. of like really janky trails here, like riding on the skinnies. Uh, so we rode some really crazy skinnies yesterday that are uh -huh. like, this guy's just bored and built like some super legit old school North shore skinnies. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, they were super technical, and getting up and around and maneuvering on them with such a big bike was definitely kind of tricky. And mm. there's some trails here that I ride pretty often that are janky, and uh, the 27 and a half just feels a little better on it. Just moving in the bike around and cornering feels a little, a little easier. Um, do you think that the BMX background has anything to do with that? It could be just like I'm so used to a small bike because I even ride a smaller frame normally than what I what I should. Mm -hmm. and um i always attribute that that to like growing up riding bmx yeah that too i like, so i had uh, norco lent me two bikes and took an extra large in the optic and a large in the site and i'm, I'm in between and mm -hmm. i think even a little bit more into the large side or the extra large side uh -huh. and i rode the extra large and i was like this is just too big like yeah. it, it's just too much uh every time i like talk myself into getting the extra large instead of the large i end up like going back to the large yeah because even the larges are big now the larges yeah. are old extra larges yeah uh, yeah my I chameleon my first one i got in large and then my second one i was like well i'm gonna try the extra large just to see if it's a little longer like i like it better mm -hmm. and now all i'm doing is thinking maybe i should just got the large <laughs> yeah like i could probably size down i've been the s4 for the enduro which is like their large i guess um which is a 485 mil reach, which is pretty long. Uh, I think I'd prefer something a little shorter or at least uh, I'm also thinking about getting a shorter travel bike, like something all mountain, like kind of mm -hmm. like I like the site a lot. Uh, it's like 160, 150 instead of 170, 170. Um, mm -hmm. and I felt that was quite a bit more nimble. Like, yeah. Uh, and even though it was 29er, I felt, 
I could like kind of just. You said the site. Yeah. So the yeah, North- I rode the site up in um in um Idaho earlier this year. No, it was mm-hmm. last year. I, I rode it. It was a pretty fun bike. It's still like. I guess I'm gonna have to. You know, the way I feel about 29ers is like they're definitely getting way better at like how snappy they are, but I just mm-hmm. don't feel like they're as snappy as a 27.5. No. And, and like, especially if you're in very chunky technical kind of riding, which is what I like doing the most. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't like, I always say it this way. Like, I feel like they pick the line a little bit more than you do, mm-hmm. you, you know? And, and I don't like that, you know? So, when I yeah. rode that site, I, I just remember when I was on the video, I remember saying, like, it just it feels really good. I can move it around really well. Like, I'm really impressed for a 29er. This is sick. But it still doesn't feel like I'm not crazy about it, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure what my next bike will be. I'm kind of tempted to go back to 27 and a half. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I'm going to probably try and demo one just to double check before I commit. Yeah. But... I like my downhill bike a lot and it's 27 and a half and yeah, I don't mind the 29. Um, yeah, you know, it's tricky cause I don't want to blame my riding mistakes on the 29 Yeah, or like any bike part or any setup or whatever. That's yeah. Like crap that I always fall into. It's like, Oh, my brakes aren't working today. That's why I can't. Ride. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Uh, it's yeah. It, uh, it's a tricky one. I think I'll have to demo it. Like when the time actually comes where I'm going to buy a new bike, I'll 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 make a decision. But yeah, right now I'm still like it's not obvious to me. Yeah. Like, oh, if I, everyone. If buy I it. couldn't get like it, if I if somebody was like, "Hey, whatever comes out of your mouth next is what you get for free," I would say e-bike. Um, but if it was like, what would I buy next? Like right now, I really think I would buy a short travel. 29er like a really short tra- travel like a like maybe something's like 130 up front mm-hmm. maybe 130 or 140 tops mm-hmm. you know and then like just like a 120 in the back or something like that and like mm-hmm. and and the reason i say that is because i've had so much fun on the hardtail but there's some rides where it's like if i had a little bit of suspension i would have took it on that trail mm-hmm. you know just because otherwise like my back would just be like dead, you know, like it would suck so bad. Like mm-hmm. trails that are like, uh, maybe they have a lot of baby heads on them. So it's just like chatter all the time. So like if you're on a hardtail in that situation, you're out of the saddle the whole time. It, mm-hmm. it, or if you are sitting down, it's just like beating the crap out of your spine, you know? And so mm-hmm. I feel like a short travel 29er would be perfect in those scenarios. And then that would be still fun in the, xc type trails where like those bigger wheels would just be a lot more like a lot of fun getting the speed and and laying it over and the big turns and stuff like that but um i don't know i feel like that's what i would i would probably want to buy yeah yeah it's hard to say i'd have to go on a another you know demo tour and try a bunch of bikes again yeah it's uh yeah i think i mean you know comment sections would have you believe that it's super obvious that one of them is better but uh yeah i don't buy it yeah i think uh, i could i don't think 27.5 isn't dead i don't think 27.5 is dead no uh i think the survey at the park still had the majority people on 27 and a half if i remember correctly even this yeah 
I think 29 ers been gaining, like gaining popularity because more people yeah. bring their Enduros. Right. Um, but yeah, you still saw, I think, mostly 27 and a half. Even it, Santa Cruz says on their, um, when they, well, they redid the 5010 just recently and they call it 27.5 like the fun size wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like you can throw it around, you can whip it, you know, like it's just playful. You know? yeah. yeah. And it, uh, yeah, I'm surprised to see some companies like, specialized in giant just doing away with it like yeah you know specialized doesn't make a 27 and a half inch enduro uh and i think giant now i don't remember i don't think they make a 27 and a half inch like new rain anymore i think it's just 29 or at least that's the one they're really pushing is like the 29er is supposed to be the one is uh, it the range or the site that they made into an e-bike uh, so Norco made the range insight into e-bikes. Oh, both of them. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's, I demoed the range VLT, which is like, I really liked it. So it's 27 and a half, 180 uh-huh. in the front, 170 in the back, like big. That is a huge black. bike. Yeah. It's just a big monster and uh, it's pretty heavy. You know, it's an e-bike, but with the coil on it, like it's almost so stable. It's yeah. weird. like you're, it's almost, you're almost more confident on it. Huh. Uh, yeah, I just remember plowing down stuff. I was like, "Whoa, this is like it's weird. It's so stuck to the ground." And then That's I the think, gonna, weight. yeah, I think I'm going to yeah. demo the site VLT soon, as soon as I get some time here, uh, just to try it out because I haven't really had an e-bike for any extended period of time. I would like one, and there's some videos I want to film that, like, I don't want to carry my camera like <laughs> up yeah. the mountain. I just yeah. want to eat up, film, and come back down. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, and yeah, I just want to try one. Yeah, now I haven't ridden one on the trail yet. I have a video in mind that I want to to film, and um, I'm kind of like saving saving that experience for that. But if if something comes up, you know, if it comes up differently, and I just get a chance to go ride one, I'd, I'd really like to. I, the only one that I've ridden was like I was at a Norco demo day and they, it wasn't even a mountain bike. It was just like an E like touring bike that they had mm. in the truck. And they were like, yeah, just try it. Go up this hill, you know? And I, I just jumped and it was like nuts to me. Like, holy crap. Like I'm going up this hill, like at like 15 miles an hour and mm-hmm. I'm like, barely putting any effort into it. Like I didn't have to be on the trail to know how it would feel on the trail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, this will like, change my mind you know like maybe if i did buy an e-bike maybe what i said earlier is like moot you know maybe once you start riding it you're like dude i don't even care <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah i'm still i need to like sit down and just like really think about it it's because yeah. it's you know I, I know i want one but like do i want to go down that path and then yeah, what's it do to you yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure. And then my style of riding and the trails I ride, um, like I I really like like janky trails, and I yeah. like to ride the skinny sometimes, and and yeah, sometimes having a big e bike that might be kind of weird. Uh, yeah. but I don't actually know because I haven't ridden the e bikes on those trails yet. So right, that's what I'll do with the demo. I think that the the thing that's going to make it hard to like not be riding one all the time is whenever they come down and wait so much mm. that they're like the same, you know, like they're going to figure out those batteries. They're mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to figure it out. They're going to make the engine smaller. It's going to look more and more by like a regular bike. And it's going to get down, you know, even that, what is that? Uh, 
I think it's a specialized. The Levo is yeah. like 37 pounds. Yeah, it's like a, a that's what my bike weighs. Right. <laughs> I right. Enjoy. I think, yeah, I think my Bronson's like 33 or something like that. You know, like, so, I mean, put a freaking water bottle in it or something like that and it weighs the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's yeah. not much. Uh, especially that specialized. Yeah, that's an interesting one uh, where it's like the weight is so close that yeah. probably, I wonder if you could even tell. Like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, if, if you want it that way, though, like, that's the other end of it to me, too, is like, well, maybe part of the fun of the e bike is the fact that it weighs more and it's planted and it like feels amazing in the turns because of that. Like, it's like kind of like a moto, then, you know, it's like a little more heavy. So it's like sticking to the ground better. I don't mm-hmm. know. Who yeah. knows? I guess, I mean, I guess we'll find out in the next few years, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've, especially the type of bike, like the range is, is uh, like, it's basically a downhill bike, like with a motor on it. Mm-hmm. I'd actually really like to try that specialized, like there, <laughs> that one with the dual crowns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Kinevo, I think it's called. like with you know a dropper and a motor on it right you know there's not really any difference between like that and a lift like i love the park but yeah i still have that like uh it's almost like it's it's like morally questionable to (laughs) to ride an e-bike but it isn't yeah you know it's like it makes sense in my head but you know you're still no matter what someone says or no matter how logical it seems, you're still kind of like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting time. I, I read this article in like a mountain bike action or something like that. And the guy was writing it and he was talking about, you know, they were down in SoCal or something like that. And they were getting this shuttle up, up to this spot, you know, and there's all these guys in or a handful of guys like getting ready to, to ride in their e-bikes and you know, that they were kind of scoffing at them. Look at those guys over there, those e-bikes and cheaters or whatever, you know, all the like typical stuff. And then he's like getting in this van to like drive to the top of the hill. And he starts thinking about it. And he's like, well, these guys are pedaling. Like they're more of a biker than I am right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like it's just like, I never really thought about that. You know what I mean? Like, like there's different different ways that you can look at it. It's definitely uh it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out, especially with the 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 trail um like the ability to ride on what trails. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's already trails that are like posting no e-bikes, no e-bikes, and um people are doing it anyway. So what does that end up doing, you know? Like Yeah. So the, yeah, I guess they're in California, they're the land laws are even more serious than they are here. Yeah, they like laws in California. We we like make laws for laws here. Yeah, because <laughs> I think it was like Mo and Hannah talked about it, and I see like that. You know, mountain biking is an illegal kind of like shirts and stuff, uh, which is super weird. That's like a whole nother level. So back in Ontario, there's no one around. Like in northern Ontario, you could just like they go build trails in the bush, like right. Just no one, you just could not find anyone who cares. Right. They're just not going to care. Literally pretty much anywhere you could build. And then you can move and it's a little more serious. Like, uh, you know, you can build illegal trails, but it's pretty frowned upon from like a city point of view. 
Um, you, they do have no e-bike signs on my local mountain right outside my door here, but on the shore it's allowed. And uh, yeah, it's a little more, you know, there's a little more bureaucracy, but then, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you can tell me about California. It seems like, like I feel like you isn't there like fines and stuff and the yeah, yeah. officers are out there like looking it's for It's crazy though, man. It's like some of the areas that it's like the perfect example is UC. So that's UC, University of California Santa Cruz, right? Mm-hmm. It's like right by like some of the big bike brands, right? Like Santa mm-hmm. Cruz, like I think I think specializes down there too. Like some of their like promo videos are like shot on these trails, right? Mm-hmm. So like but then, like everybody, like is like, oh man, don't film those trails. You can't show, you can't let anybody know where they are. It's like, dude, the parking lot where people are riding from is full of trucks with freaking tailgate pads on them and roof racks. Like, there, there's no way that like people don't know what's going on. And for the most part, all those people are riding those trails like seven days a week. And then it seems like certain days, like Rangers will just go out and start handing out tickets to people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, I don't understand it. I, I really don't understand it when you have, like, I feel like it's just a liability thing, you they know? Just, yeah. You mean you, they just, uh, you know, some lawyer somewhere is, advising yeah. them, you know, like, oh, someone gets hurt, you know, they're going to sue you and then you'll yeah. be part. Um, Yeah, that's the same thing with, uh, you know, I know skateboarders and even BMX, like when you're riding street, uh, the number one thing they always say is like, Oh, if you get hurt here, you'll sue us. Blah blah yeah. blah. And I remember a lawyer like tweeted this or something. It was like, that has never happened. There's not a single case of someone doing an extreme sport and suing like a building. It's just yeah. and it just is like this is you know this what do you call it when they just state this fact to get out of like, yeah, yeah yeah. There's yeah. other areas too, like where I was riding yesterday up in in Tahoe. There's a pretty extensive trail network that's all illegal mm. and um but like once again it's like tons of trucks driving up and down that hill all freaking day long and there's like every 35 feet there's a sign posted on a tree that says trespassing no you know what i mean but it's like tire tracks everywhere you know i mean not saying that's okay but it's uh, i feel like the only reason those signs are up are for like litigation Oh, so just, when some, yeah. somebody gets hurt, they're like, look, you're not supposed to be riding there. There are signs like every 25 feet. Yeah. Y- you know, <laughs> like that's almost the best. That's like the best case scenario almost where you're like, it's almost like a, if you're going to ride there, you're signing like a liability waiver just by yeah. doing it. And if they're okay with it, it's like, that's what you want to do. Then that's like, yeah. what really grinds my gears is like, uh, they'll, they shut down some trails here, uh, on like the lower part of the mountain, and you know they do these conservation studies and they're like oh the mountain bike trails ruining the environment so on and so forth and you know like i've read through their documentation and stuff and it's kind of like i don't know i just find their methods pretty suspect but yeah (laughs) but the weird part is is okay they'll do that right they'll shut down a mountain bike trail which i mean if they left it for a year it would just be gone like it would just be absorbed right Right. Uh, by the mountain and uh you're like okay you know maybe there's paths of you know animals that they're blocking yeah, there's something there yeah, yeah. and then they'll turn there's around some erosion or something like that yeah there, there's an argument to be had but then so here's where here's where it gets bad though is like five years later 
all of a sudden that whole area will just be like, oh, it's, it's housing now. Like, yeah. Yeah. plow it all down, pave it down, and you're like, wait a second, how? Like, you just said like, yeah, the trail was ruining the environment, and now you paved it for a parking lot, right? And that stuff just grinds my gears, and it's like, hey, come on. You know, you're you're using that people? logic too much, man. People don't like it when you do that, man. Well, they just go <laughs> down. Uh, so this BMX dirt jumps, like really famous set in Vancouver called Cushwoods. Mm-hmm. It's been in the back, like on the other side of mountain meet of the mountain here for 20 or 25 years, some long amount of time. It's been, right. it's hidden in the woods, a really amazing dirt jump set. It was in, I'm pretty sure it was in drop in. Uh, the BMXers have been running it forever. I think people come here to ride them. Yeah, and somehow someone stumbled upon them and told the city, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we have to tear them down." And they had taken a photo of like they were using an old paint bucket to like water the jumps, and they're like, uh-huh. Look at the, "Like the chemicals being." Poured. Oh yeah, yeah. And so like they went in there and just plowed them down, and they're gonna have to use like it, like the, there's so many jumps that are so big, like they're yeah. gonna have to use machinery to do it, and it's like, okay, it's been there for twenty plus years, it has right. been a problem. And all of a sudden it's a problem. It's all just very like, it's almost like someone got the job and they've been looking for that big thing to, you know, finally, yeah. you know, make their the mark. Please they're out and just freaking getting rid of all the fun. Yeah. It's weird. It's super weird. And I've, it's been a while since I've had this incident happen, but um, like every now and then, especially for watching BMX videos or skate videos, when like a random person stops to yell at skaters for like riding a ledge or yeah. even jumping downstairs, uh, especially like when it's someone maybe who's like middle aged, I'd always just love to ask them like, like, what do you think is going on here? And when you were a kid, like when you were 15, like if I showed you this scenario, like, did you imagine being this person? Like, yeah, being the person who goes up to the skaters and yells at them for jumping down the stairs, like. Yeah. With the teenage self, like, would you want to be that person? I, I honestly just have no idea, like, what they're thinking. Yeah. It's, it's totally, I mean, because I know it, but yeah, uh, yeah. Some just, people, but, man, I don't know, man. They just get crotchety. I was at I was at the the pharmacy the other day, and there was like a, a like a a line that like if you got texted to come pick up your thing that you could stand in that line, and then there was another line that was like people that are just walking in the door. And I think like maybe when they were less busy, they had the text sign in that other line too. Mm. And maybe when it got busy, they forgot to take that text sign down. And this guy was just like losing his shit on this poor lady, like about you guys shouldn't have the sign. There's people over here just wasting their whole life away standing in this line. And I'm like, good God, dude. Like, really, man. Like, I've been standing here for like three minutes. It's like not that bad. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then on the other hand, you really think that person that you're just losing on is like, like the person that's responsible for this? Like, I don't know. It's like the same thing where you're saying, like those people that are just stopping to yell at, at some kids or something. It's like, I feel like they just, I don't know. They do, they're missing something in their life, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's unfortunately more common than, than you'd hope for sure. Yeah. Right. I've never been, uh, yeah, I've never just been mad like that. Yeah, <laughs> I just—that's why when I see stuff like that, I, I just don't yeah. I get it. Like I, I just don't know what it's like to be that mad. Some people I know have like, they're they're quick to anger and then quick to go back. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just 
I've never been like that. So it's, um, you know, I've been yelled at. I still remember when I worked at the bike shop, we always would give kids bikes um, kickstands. Uh uh, The post office was on strike. So we like, it took forever to get anything because they were delivering like once a month. Right. And we ran out of kickstands. And I just remember this like grandpa just yelling at me like that we're a terrible business and all that was all my fault and stuff. And I just like, I don't know how to make the kickstands (laughs) come any faster. Like, I like, we'll call you as soon as they're in. Like, I know you brought right. And, uh, well, the funny <laughs> part was like, after he left and yelled and stuff, I just, I was in the back and I was like, oh, there's like a kickstand hidden away. But like, he just left and yelled and I had no way to get a hold right. of him. I wasn't going to try too hard. So, yeah, it just is some people just have a bad day, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, t- every totally. day. You rode that uh, really weird suspension bike recently. Mm. What's that called? The Structure SCW1. Structure yeah, what, what was that like, man? First of all, like, what were you thinking it was going to be like before you got on it? So I thought it was going to be really weird. Like, I thought I was going to notice that something was up. Uh-huh. Um, but when you get on it, it doesn't feel too... Like, it feels familiar, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it feels... The best way I can describe it is... is the front end feels like the way your rear suspension does like, Uh um, but it's on the front and it's like, you know, when you roll up a curb or something, you hit a rock, your rear suspension kind of like moves up out of the way. Uh Well, then you're, you you can do that with the front end on that bike and it like Uh moves up out of the way. And it's, it's weird. Yeah. It it like, it's so you kind of expect to feel like a hit back towards you, Uh but your front wheel kind of just like, moves instead and you're like oh that's like it smooths it out you think Uh, it's something that's going to catch on no because of the looks yeah like i buy bikes like 90 percent based on looks yeah totally i saw the enduro and i was like that's a good looking bike and i knew i was going to buy it without even riding it like right uh, it just so happened to be a good bike like right 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 but i hadn't seen the reviews or anything like that i just was like oh it looks cool yeah <laughs> man, i'm definitely one that's like color too like if it's not oh. the right color i'm like i'll wait till next year yeah definitely the colors they have next year <laughs> so i think this is one of those cases where you have like something that logically is better but yeah. there is some subjective things about it that are just going to stop people uh like there's not really anything wrong with the telescoping fork. Like, yeah, it's not so bad that I'm like, oh man, this thing. Right. Uh, and then you're adding a lot of complexity in the front end with a lot of linkage and yeah. bearings and more moving parts. Uh, have you have so, you ridden the trust fork? No, but I've heard it's similar. It, I've ridden the trust fork, and it sounds like what you're explaining. It, it's similar to that. I feel like there's something to be something maybe there's maybe there's like a smaller less gaudy version that can come out you know what i mean like they can incorporate some extra links or something to 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 kind of do some of that Mm -hmm. i think they might be onto something but like yeah definitely the way that structure looks is like i wouldn't buy it just because the way it looks like could you imagine rolling up to the trail like that people would just be like it almost be good for for youtube like right if they were a big company and i was like man the clickbait on just every video right (laughs) you know might be worth it uh it rides like i liked it a lot yeah, yeah. i would like if they're if it was like this is the only bike in existence you have to ride this yeah. from now on. and i'd be like oh okay well it rides debatably better than my bike yeah so, with that trust it felt like i was on a rigid fork until i needed it not to be rigid 
Yeah, that, yeah, it's a good way. It did it feel so I, I felt like the the travel was very like vertical. Like, yeah. like I was just going up and down as opposed to like yeah. in and out. Especially yeah. on a stock bike. And it really screwed me up when I tried to bunny hop too. Because mm. like I like I, I like tried to preload, you know, or you know what I mean? And like and it like kind of doesn't it resist. Yeah, it. it was like, no, I'm not doing that. That's what, what are you doing that for? You know, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. It's uh I they might have a niche market like they yeah. they might be able to sell some and you know get the keep the company going because it's a cool like yeah I heard they were pretty close to going out of business with all the COVID stuff and whatnot yeah it's a hard sell like yeah. um, I feel like somebody's gonna buy them yeah and they've got a lot of exposure I mean on YouTube because Jordan's yeah. like Jordan's video is like one of his most popular videos is just oh, you're talking about structure I was talking about trust. Oh yeah, that too. But either uh, way, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, structure. I think they're newer, so they're still in the like development stage. But I think this is a do or die kind of point they're at. You know, the, the, I hadn't seen that that bike until Jordan did his video. Yeah, that was the same. First time I heard of it. That's how I saw it too. And yeah, that's at like a million plus views now. And really, even, yeah, the one I just posted is at a hundred thousand, and it's actually gaining gaining speed. So man, I need to go get one. Where can I get one? I know, right? You just gotta. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm not at fifty k, dude. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> clickbait bikes. Uh, yeah, that's what I need. I definitely it, need a clickbait bike. Ooh, yeah, that, I can't even say it. Maybe I should practice that for slowly. <laughs> yeah so i they're gonna come out with i think you know my downhill bike and stuff like that and if they can fix the looks you know maybe they might have something but uh yeah it's a tough battle especially going up against uh you know what's out there now it's everything is so good could you still put that thing over a tailgate uh it looked think, a little funky so tailgate i think yes but it, oh it acts like a dual crown so you can't um turn the bars all the way because uh -huh. the bottom, it kind of is a dual crown. Uh -huh. uh, you can't put it on the North Shore rack like that. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the people are really funny about things that looks look silly, man. They just won't buy them. I tell you, I ran a lefty fork for a long time, and that fork oh, yeah. was freaking awesome. It was a great yeah. fork, and so many people will have nothing to do with it just because the way it looked. Yeah, I, th I yeah, weren't they like they were stiffer because it was yeah. dual crown and like it was lighter too. Yeah, it was like this is the great, this is a great fork, and they were running springs back when everybody was doing air, and it was like, dude, these are these mm -hmm. are great, you know. Now everybody's like, hey, we should be, let's do some springs, you know. <laughs> yeah, how things look is just so important that, yeah, you can. <laughs> so I, I think the structure cycle works is mostly ran by engineers, yeah. and I think that is probably obvious where it's like a super functional thing that works really well, but it yes. kind of looks like a, it's a hundred percent logic. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's all just things that work properly. Yeah. And, yeah I used to work at an engineering firm and mm -hmm. I definitely know what you're saying. The engineers are a certain type of breed of people. And uh, mm -hmm. you, you definitely have to rein them in sometimes like, no guys, that's actually not like, like, yes, that makes sense on paper, but that's not how people work. <laughs> Yeah, how people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think a big thing for a lot of students when you go from being an undergrad surrounded by other engineers and engineering students, uh, and then you go to an office that's pretty big and you have to interact with like marketing and IT and uh, yeah. sales, and you're like, uh, 
you're like, oh, like there's a different way to communicate that isn't just like, you know, beeps and boops and <laughs> robots. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you got to act like a real human being every now and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, that's definitely true. I know at the firm that I worked at, like the engineers that came in that were like really like, like uh, personable and good talkers, you were like, oh, they're going to go quick. They're going to move quick. They're going to, you know, it's because like they just, you know, that's not a, uh, uh, a personality trait that's real similar to a lot of the guys that I was at least working with, you know, the, most of the engineers, they want to go in their office and just bang away at whatever they're working on and turn out whatever they're supposed to be working on. And, and that's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's actually a problem in even just, I would say like STEM academia that I've noticed where you have to balance doing good research with selling yourself yeah and i've just seen cases where there's this big time researcher who's got all these like awards and all this stuff going on and then like you meet them and you're like this guy doesn't really know anything what the heck's going (laughs) on and you're like oh he's just he's a salesman who has uh you know a stem degree and yeah and but it really has paid off like because i've met other people who I'm like, oh, this is the smartest person I've ever met. And yeah. they published like one paper one time. Yeah. <laughs> and they just don't sell themselves and go to all these talks and try to write books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they just hide away in their office. When I first got into IT, like that was the thing that got me a lot of jobs because I was a good talker. And they were always mm-hmm. they would always be like, we're used to these guys that are like awkward and like say all this stuff that we have no clue what it is. And I could break it down and like layman's terms kind of thing you know and like give them like hypothetical situations so that they can understand what i was talking about and didn't throw a bunch of big words at them and <laughs> it it worked out well for me you know but now there's a bunch of guys that can do that so now mm-hmm. I, I don't stand out anymore <laughs> yeah i think i'm lucky with the friend group that i grew up with is all uh yeah you know they just like they give you a hard time if you're ever being too weird or nerdy and like yeah. uh definitely a lot of like peer pressure not peer pressure is maybe not the right word but to be like kind of socially normal like i just have ran into other people in especially so it gets worse when you get into like the physics department and then like it's a whole another level of worse when you get into the math department where i've just met people who were like hyper focused on like school yeah like they're the smartest people that i know but it's like they you couldn't like go have a beer with them like they never um they're you know they had never gone to like the student group parties and like had you know too many beers and done something crazy right 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 i only do this thing and i do it really well and uh you know sometimes it ends up being okay because they're just so good at their job but uh but yeah i always tried to like encourage them like oh you should come out and like bring a bottle of vodka <laughs> like because <laughs> like so there was a kid that i was in physics with who uh we had this contest who could recite the most digits of pi yeah and, uh pi for people who don't know it's ir- irrational it never ends so there's an infinite amount of numbers after and they're random I think everybody knows that you don't think everybody knows that well, they might not and they're I random so like, I hope so so basically you're just saying just random random numbers as many as you can remember they're in a certain order right. they're all random and he 
So I think like the record was like 99 or something at the time. And he left the midterm early. So he wrote this midterm, like left early. And we're all like, oh, too hard for this market. Right. Yeah, right. No, like he left because he was done. <laughs> and then he went to this contest and recited it. He was at like 450 digits or something. And the guy was just like, okay, you can stop. Like you're yeah, <laughs> so far past. And I was like, oh, this guy. You know, really nice kid. Super duper smart. But uh, yeah, just uh, uh, sometimes hard to talk to and like kind yeah, of yeah. with and uh, just because I think he was homeschooled. And yeah. He just was so fo- like, that's all he'd ever known was like. It reminds me of another meme I saw recently. It was like somebody's apartment door and their apartment number was 314. And like somebody had like put numbers of pi like <laughs> all the way down the door, like to the to the ground. It was pretty funny. Oh man, we're almost at two hours, dude. I want to ask you one thing. I've been asking a bunch of people at the end. Um, I forgot there for a while. I wasn't doing it. But what other channels on YouTube do you watch other than mountain biking, or even mountain biking ones? What channels do you like to watch? Uh, so now with mountain biking, it's like everyone who I know. Like, there's so many channels now. It's hard to like prioritize. Yeah. It's become like in order of people I know. Right. And like the more I know them, the more I, I watch it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so like I have like my friends who I ride with, like uh, Dale Stone has a channel where he does like, you know, good quality, just uh, high speed runs through trails. Like uh-huh. I watch him do it. My friend Dave, her who's Dangerous Dave on Instagram. He's the guy who won that GoPro contest for like best line through all those skinnies and stuff last year. Oh, sweet. And uh, then I watch like basically everyone and for the most part, like everyone in our Slack group, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much again, in order of like from who I've met. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Eric's videos and then Paul, uh, and then Ryan and like, it's a little easier when, uh, you know, like, uh, Alex isn't posting as often now. So it's like, it's like, okay, I can watch his right. <laughs> video. <laughs> um, even so, Seth yeah. slowed down too. Yeah, no, it's easier to keep up with Seth now because now he's yeah. doing Burn Peak. So I like the trail building stuff isn't um, like as up my alley. Like obviously they're amazing videos. Yeah, yeah, they're fun to watch. But, uh, but yeah, so trail building like it's not a hobby of mine right now. Yeah. I do a lot of riding, so I try to I, I prioritize riding stuff that gets me stoked to go ride a little more. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for mountain biking, all just the usual suspects. I think yeah. like BCPOV. And so How about on. other than mountain biking? What do you like to watch? Uh, so. A channel I really like. There's a math channel called Three Blue One Brown. Uh-huh. He's like he worked at Khan Academy for a long time, and then he does like these. He like, wrote his own program to like do these animations, uh-huh. and he explains like relatively high level math concepts uh-huh. uh, with like, a lot of animations and a good explanation. And like he's got millions of subscribers, and millions of views. Um, what was it called again? Uh, Three Blue One Brown. I'm gonna have to check that out. And, what, what's the what, what do you think that means? Uh, actually don't know. I should yeah. probably, I think it's, uh, if I remember right, there's like a statistics thing. It's like a uh-huh. either joke or something, oh, okay. I I get it. I, but, uh, his, his videos are like, they're pretty heavy at times and I like to watch them because, uh, I fall into that trap a lot of times where I know how to use something like some type of math, but I'm like, I don't really know what that means. Like, if right. someone, like I couldn't explain it. I just know like in this case I do this thing and I get the answer. Uh, so I like mm-hmm. that. And then I watch like uh Dunky for video games. Um, he just does like funny, like he'll just play like Rocket League and like talk smack with his friends and stuff, or play <laughs> some weird random games. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then let's see. So EEV blog, he's like an electrical engineer from Australia. Just a funny guy. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like, I haven't watched as much videos now, but yeah, yeah there's uh, every once in a while, man. I, I'm gonna have to check out your your math channel. That sounds like interesting, at least for for a it, few minutes. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you gotta find. There's yeah, there. The thing about them too is like I'll watch them multiple times because I'm like, I don't, like even though he's really taking his time and he's being a good teacher. Yeah. Like, Wait, what? And, That's funny. <laughs> but there was like, a. Josh from uh, Daily MTV told us about this channel when he was on, man, and that like totally stuck with me. And now I'm like drawing a blank of what the heck it was called. Anybody that's listening, it was like this like cart Nazi oh, or something yeah. like that. Cart Narks. Cart Narks. Oh my god, dude. He he mentioned that, and I started watching it one day, and it was like there goes three hours of my life. <laughs> I should shout out. So there's a Vancouver documentary uh-huh. that is on YouTube now that won some awards too. It's called Carts of Darkness. Oh yeah, like homeless guys who were collecting cans, and then they also kind of get into like racing shopping carts down the mountain. Oh no, this sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, and like it's kind of just it. It's kind of about like shopping cart racing. Uh huh. What was it called? Carts of Darkness. Carts of Darkness. I'm gonna have to put that in the show more. That one's definitely like a good documentary to watch. It's on YouTube though. Yeah, watch like kind of these three homeless guys. Oh, tell their awesome. story and they're like into racing shopping carts <laughs> I, love like, it. I freaking love it yeah crazy and their story is really interesting and like crazy yeah, stuff i'll watch anything <laughs> yeah that was yeah and, but yeah cart narcs paul told me about cart narcs and i think probably because josh told him yeah but uh, it's so confrontational i like it secondhand oh like, yeah yeah it's something like, else <laughs> i Oh no, this is so like he's just <laughs> these people. You're just waiting for him to get his ass kicked, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, when's it gonna happen? So, I wish I had that confidence. Oh he man. Just, I don't even amazing. understand. What did he say? He said something to this one lady the one time, and she just would not freaking let it go. What did he call? Oh, I don't even remember. It was so funny though. She it, like whatever it was that he said, it just like and it was something silly, like like you know, he called her like a like a uh like a cart fairy or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was like something stupid, you know, like how he, he always says like really like weird stuff, you know, like you're, you're a, you're a ninny two shoes or whatever, you know? And like, he called her that and man, she just, it, it was like, it triggered her, man. She was like ready to commit murder. <laughs> it was just, she just kept going back and back to it. It was hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> right on, man. Hey dude, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and joining the show, dude. It's been a lot of fun talking. This is like, I, I said it in the in the show more notes before I started that you know I'd never talked to you before and it's been a great conversation. I'm looking forward to the day I can make it up to your neck of the woods. You have to show me around. Definitely, yeah. No, it's yeah. been fun. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a really good time um, for all of you guys that had a good time as well. If you liked it, hit the like button. If you liked it a little bit more than that, hit the subscribe button. Like I said earlier, man, I want to I want to prove that that stupid social blade algorithm wrong. Um, Outside of that, thanks again to Patreon, all you guys out there. Buck a month, keeping the beer in the fridge. That's awesome. Five bucks a month, you get a sticker pack, and I get to buy more beer. So that helps out the channel a lot. I really appreciate it. Honestly, you guys you guys keep this thing, keep this show rolling. Um, once again, man, uh, honestly, Nick, it, it was really, really a good time having you on the show. You, you know what my outro is? I don't. I don't think. You don't know the outro? 
I don't think it's, so. It, and this is for all you guys out there too. It only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one. <laughs> I did know that. 